Serving Jesus is not about being perfect, but it's about perfectly pursuing him. It's not about being perfect, but perfectly pursuing. In other words, when you fall down, you get back up and say, I'm going to keep following Jesus. I got a little scuff on my knee now and something on me, but guess what? I know Jesus is going to do something because I trust his word. Amen? I've witnessed God do amazing things in my life. And you know what a witness is defined as? Someone who sees something take place. That's what a witness is. This series is designed to encourage and supercharge you to what God is going to do and how you're going to be a witness of that. And I want to bring a little bit about how you can be a witness and by that witness, people can be changed. You're going to be seeing that through the course of the next few weeks here during this series. I'm excited to be a part of it week two. Amen? So can we pray real quick before I get into anything? Can we pray together? You can close your eyes if you want to. You can look. You can... Look up. Don't fall asleep. You can keep your eyes up. That's uh, your head up, whatever. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name for everything you're doing in family life. I thank you for the leadership that you're building, that you're maneuvering, that you're working out, that you're grooming. Lord, I thank you, God, for the new faces that you're giving opportunities to serve here in family life. And I pray, God, they would grow, Lord, in mighty leaps and bounds. I pray in Jesus' name a continued and even greater favor in 2020 over Family Life Christian Center than there ever has been in the past. That there would be more growth in teenagers, in young people, in adolescents, in older folks, in middle-aged folks, in single families, and single moms. That this place, Lord God, would not be able to hold them in Jesus' mighty name. That there would be even more use in their other building, Lord God, that's right across the park lot in Jesus mighty name not because people are just chasing an, a, a, a feeling but they're chasing the family of God they're chasing community they're chasing growth because where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom and I speak freedom here in family life God and a receptivity to what is going to be shared today this morning for the next few moments in Jesus mighty name amen praise God amen so I've got a little bit of a testimony, whoa, whoa. and uh, I've witnessed God do something else recently, and it's been, it's been uh, huge. So, again, you guys don't know the full story, but some of you who ever, ever heard me preach or share something here, there's been uh, quite a few steps of our journey, uh, just my journey even as a, as a Christian in this phase of my life, you've, he you've heard of when I was this and when we didn't know this and God provided this and God did that and we heard from sister giving a, the offering message and that testimony that was amazing I was there receiving it and like hallelujah God provides in crazy ways amen so my wife and I have been married for 10 years <laughs> 10 years and and they've, they've been getting juicier every year amen how many married folks are here? Praise God. Let your marriage be juicy. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Receive it. Yeah. <laughs> and we've been married for 10 years, and uh, we haven't had any children. You know, everywhere we go, you know, for 10 years, if you're married, how many times are you going to hear people ask you, you know, so do you have any kids? And you always have to tell them, no, we don't. And, and they assume it's by choice. They assume it's like, oh, they just want to be single. They just do it, taking all types of birth controls. They, he, got the, he got the chastity belt and things like that. And 
They're just playing it safe. No. My wife was diagnosed when she was 18 years old with polycystic PCOS, if you guys know what that is. Anyhow, it's something that is, will uh, uh, prohibit you from having children normally, and in fact, at all. They told her she would not be able to be pregnant when she was about 18, 19, correct? And uh, so we were uh, essentially not doing anything to avoid having children. We just did not have uh, anything hit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and so we were just believing by faith throughout the years that God was going to do what he was going to do when he wanted to do it. And don't get me wrong, there were seasons that my wife could share. If she was sharing, she would share the, the pain that she would feel in, in certain times and certain seasons of not being able to have children and, and how heavy that is on a woman, how many can relate to that in some way, shape, or form. Amen. I, I, I as her husband, have felt in different ways that sense and that feeling, but nowhere near as much as her, but still... Uh, still pretty heavy and it, it hit me this father's day actually us being without children for 10 years is when uh we we're, we're consulting a church in woodstock georgia and uh, that's all god by the way we're consulting them in different areas of the ministry uh seeing them grow in different things and facets and causing them to be uh, relevant in different ways and building a team and their structure and xyz so again that happened by faith by just us moving to georgia all of a sudden we're doing that so that's another story but we're in the service in Woodstock, Georgia on a Sunday morning, and I was sitting down, and it was a Father's Day service, and there was an older woman who came up to me, and she said it in Spanish. She said, eres papa, because they were giving gifts to, fa to fathers. I don't know if family life does that, uh, but they were giving little things, little trinkets, you know, little card. I don't know what it was, but they were giving, I didn't get one. So uh, <laughs> she, was, she came up to me, and she said, eres papa, and, and I was sitting there, and I was like, uh, no, you know, and she looked at me like I was the worst scum of the earth. She looked at me like, I was like, man, this is not cool. This is bad. Like, I feel horrible at church. But I've been around church enough to know you feel horrible anywhere at any given moment. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it matters how you face that. So she did that, and I felt a real burden and I felt sad and my eyes welled up and I'm like man this is not cool and I remember uh praying uh not too long either before that or after that where I'm like Lord if we're gonna have kids we gotta have them soon because you know it's not that the biological clock is ticking because we young and I've seen people who are 50 years old with babies by the way I've seen that they I don't know if you guys have but I've seen 50 year olds give birth to healthy babies um, 50, 50 year old women and so uh, so I'm like, Lord, whatever you want to do. But I'm like, Lord, it has to be soon because this is like, Lord, this is, I don't want to say this is it, but I felt that urgency even more than ever. Fast forward, I'm missing a lot of the story here, but my wife started, I, I noticed something strange going on. Hello, somebody. And uh, I'm like, man, I, th I think you're pregnant. And, and, you know, I remember we, we drove by a sign um, of a cheeseburger. And I was like, are you craving? Because I was. And so she, you know, she's just kind of, we're just kind of feeling a little different way. And anyway, fast forward, I wake up one morning with my wife saying, honey, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and my wife is now six months pregnant, a little over six. Can you stand up, honey? Show them your stomach. Hello. Show him our baby boy. 
We gonna have a boy family life. That's my son. My little son. <laughs> I've witnessed God coming through in so many different ways. This is, this is huge, guys. I'm trying to keep myself composed and talk about, yeah, we're going to have a son. That's, I'm like in my head, I'm like, <laughs> you know, just like, I, this is huge. Again, 10 years of being essentially single without children. Amen, somebody. We're blessed by that. And, of course, many of you will probably say, man, it was better to have it later anyway and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> people do just fine with the baby right after they say I do. But anyway, um, that's, it works. Amen. Praise God. But for us, we had that. And God gave us that. And we, now we're here. And, and my wife's pregnant. And we're believing God for maybe a, a second in Jesus' name. Very soon after. Amen. My wife's strong. Amen, somebody. <laughs> she just came back actually from preaching. I, I was in Denver yesterday preaching. Uh, and doing music as well. My wife was preaching at another uh, conference in Sacramento uh, yesterday. And I was in Denver the day before. And now we're here. Amen? And so I wanted to share that because we are a witness to what God has done and what God can do in light of man saying it is impossible. In light of man saying there is an objection to what you're believing and what you think is going to happen. The thing about being a witness to what God does and only God can do is that when you are a witness, there's nothing that can change your testimony. If you saw it, you'll say it as you saw it. And there's no one that could say, did you really see that? Did you really see that? And you, you saw it, so you're like, I saw it. When those who are witnessing a crime... And, and someone asks them when they're investigating the crime, someone's going to say what they saw. He was shot over here, and he started, she was yelling over there, and he came through, and he started grabbing the, 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 the Coney dog and started slapping her at the knees, and some, there was cheese and mustard everywhere, and I saw, I saw a shirt on the floor, and it said, it said, keep America great. I didn't know what was going on. You know, there's nothing that can change someone's testimony once they saw it. They're witness. Them being an eyewitness, meaning they saw it, nothing can happen uh, to the contrary. Nothing can be said. And the thing about being a witness to what God does is because he's supernatural and works in that very powerful way, the only result of being a witness of the supernatural is making more people in tuned, hungry, and craving that supernatural in which you witnessed. Because you didn't just witness something happen, you're witnessing, when you're a witness of what God does, you're witnessing things God is doing all the time. See, in the natural, if you've witnessed a superstar, maybe at a, at a mall or something, there's going to be a few people, if they're a fan of that superstar, that maybe want to be your friend, or they'll just kind of, for, for a few minutes at least, give you more attention, and, wow, you saw Shaquille O'Neal? Tell me, how did Shaquille O'Neal look? Was he that big? Was he, was he goofy? Was he, was he cuddly looking? Right? You, you, you get that, right? When you witness something, people want to know some more about what you've seen. If you witness what God does and what God is doing, what God has done in the past, people, if it's real, they're going to say and ask you, tell me, Jesus, how did it feel? How did it, how, 
how did what did he say to you? We're at fault when we're not sharing what God has shown us. And in fact, I would go on to say, how much God have you really witnessed? Because I know in the scriptures, when lost people, people that don't know Jesus, people that don't go to church, I know when they witness people who have had an experience, their answer, their response to that, what they saw by way of a witness is, what must I do to be saved? Let's look in the book of Acts together. Should be on the screen, verse 16. And I want to read this with you together. Can we read this? This is powerful stuff, guys. Watch what happens to the witness in this. And not only him, but his family. This is what happens when Paul and Silas, by the way, they were gospel preachers. The, Paul was Saul. He was a former uh, persecutor and essentially uh, sent Christians to die. And he was uh, someone who hated Christians. This is Paul, now he's changed from Saul to Paul. God gave him a new name. Amen. New name, new destiny. Praise God. And he's working with another brother named Silas. And this is after they just ministered. And this is actually after they just got whooped and beaten. Okay? Following Jesus, you will get, you're going to get beat up by something or someone. Hello, somebody. Just so you know, if you're new here, that's a part of it. And there's gang initiations, right? Is that You guys do that too in California? There's, yeah, I mean... You got to be initiated into God's gang. It's going to be a little harder. Amen, somebody. Because if it's a real gang, it's going to be some real things happening. Amen. So here we go. Acts 16. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now pause. This is after they just got whooped and, and put in prison with shackles on their ankles. Were they crying? Were they saying, why God? Why does this have to happen to me? Look what Paul and Silas were doing. They were what? Praying and singing hymns to God. That's a, that's a message in and of itself. We could take bad situations and cry about them, or we could sing glorifying songs to God in the midst of our pain and watch what happens after that. Weeping may endure a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen? About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. And the, by the way, this was midnight, y'all. They weren't even sleeping. They were awake. Hello, somebody. They weren't watching Disney Plus and Netflix at midnight. They were praying and singing hymns. And the prisoners were listening to them. The prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Can someone say shaken? And immediately, all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Look at the progression. They just got whipped for being faithful to God and their mission. They started singing hymns and worshiping God. In other words, they brought God's presence into their pain. They brought God's presence into their pain in front of others. As the Bible said there, there were those who were prisoners around them, hearing them sing. How many people around you in bondage of sin are hearing your voice? How many people that are in bondage right now that need to hear you sing a new song unto the Lord? Speak a new song about what God has done and how great He is. Now look what happens. 
when the jailer woke, because the jailer was sleeping. Hello, somebody. The one who put him in the, in the prison, he was sleeping. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. Now, why was he going to kill himself? Because he was charged to lock these guys up, and all of a sudden, the doors are open, so they were out. He knew he was going to get it, so he's like, I'm just going to give it to myself. But look what Paul does. This is the thing. This, the, Paul was just imprisoned by this jailer, and look what Paul says. Wait, wait, wait. Don't kill yourself. I mean, he could have just been like, okay, cool. That's one guy out of the way. Hello. <laughs> he could have said, okay, cool. That's, we could just kind of cross over him and just kind of get out of here. But Paul said, wait, 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 hold on. Don't harm yourself. We're all here. We didn't escape. That earthquake that just happened in the prison, we're still here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what's, what must I do to be saved? Okay. <laughs> do you see that? You got, some of y'all are catching it. Just the scripture speaking life. You see the trajectory of what happened. Witnesses of God's goodness, Paul and Silas, they witnessed what God had done. The next thing was they got punished for following what God had said and what God is doing through them by the Holy Spirit. They got locked up. In other words, they faced some problems, right? You, you get the Lord. You trust the Lord. You're a witness of the Lord. You face problems. You praise through your problems, knowing that God can solve them. And then people around them witnessed what God had done as well. And their response was, I want what you have. What can I do to be saved? Do you see that trajectory? Hell was not even mentioned by Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas weren't preaching the gospel. They weren't at church on Sunday. They were in prison. And someone says, what must I do to be saved? Why did they do that? Because they witnessed the witness doing what they ought to do when they witness something as big as God. Someone as big as God. Amen? It's, it's very simple. You know, oftentimes we hear, you know, preaching in this way, which I'm not against it. I'm totally not against it. I feel like there's different strokes for different folks. And God knows what he can use to certain people in certain ways. Amen? Like some kids are woken up different for school, very harshly, or just, Papa, can you wake up? We got school. Two different kids, two different responses, two different approaches, amen? So God has a plethora of approaches for us. He'll get hard on you. He'll give you a dream of hell. He'll show you. He'll do whatever it takes, amen? But all in all, those who are drawn by God have witnessed what he's done are now charged to bring about change in everyone without them having to force it or even have to conjure up an idea. I've had this question asked to me before. Pastor, how do we, how do we uh, preach the gospel without just making it seem like a ticket to hell? I said, 
what this scripture says. If you're a witness of what God has done, that's all you have to do. You just speak what you've witnessed. Amen. You speak what you, if you've witnessed God do amazing things that only God can do, all you got to do is speak what had been done. And people will either run away from you or come close to you because what you have is so good and so real because of what you witnessed. Amen? How much more time do I have left? Okay. One second. Here we go. How many desire to be that type of witness here this morning? And I believe it. Every time I come to family life, I feel a sweet, like, family, like, real family presence. Like, a real, like, familia. It feels like that. I don't know if you guys, have been, for some of you have not been here too long or if you feel that right now. Every time I come here from not being here for a little while, I feel that joy in my heart. And I feel that, like, man, these people love each other. And, like, hey, they might have problems with each other, but they love each other. And there's, like, this real, like, it's awesome. It's a sweet thing, you know. For some of you that are not, again, used to, I go all over. I go to different places, so I see and, and discern and feel different things. So all that to say, you guys have a special thing here uh, in San Jose. Very, very special, unique uh, thing here. And with that said, I know that those of you who desire to be a witness to what God has done, you really do desire. You want to see God do amazing things. Your faith will trample on the kingdom of hell like you wouldn't believe. You just trusting in what God has done and what God is doing here. He will elevate you and take you somewhere else. But you've got to be faithful. Now, with my wife and I, when I talked about uh, us becoming pregnant and even our faith that led us to Georgia from Chicago. By the way, I was born and raised in Chicago. My wife and I as well. We didn't think we would ever leave. We were like, that's our city, ride or die. Chicago's the best. Now, when I think of Chicago, I think it's the worst of all humanity is the worst. And every day I wake up in Georgia in our home, I'm thanking God. I'm like, I mean, in many ways, but also in, in the back of my head, I'm like, thankful Chicago's not even in the picture. I would never, I would only go there if there's some massive, like, reason to go there. I, I just, I've, what I'm saying is when God takes you out of something that wasn't good for you, it may be all right for somebody else, but if it wasn't good for you, if he takes you out of that, Man, you're going to feel that kind of burden and like, I can't go back to that. Amen? You're gonna, I, I can't do it. Like, that's fine for you, but not for me. Amen? And so the trajectory of our lives have been moving by faith and remaining in the presence of God. When the apostles were moving by faith and remaining in the presence of God, look at the outcome. People are saved. For those of you right now, I want to challenge you something before we close here this morning. And that is your time with Jesus will really sustain you so that you can be a witness effectively. Your time in the presence of God outside of the four walls and the two-hour services you have, and, and if we add Wednesday, about three, three and a half hours of church during the week, your presence outside of that moment will allow your witness, who you are, the testimony, everything God's done in you, to be reflective, to be something that shines brighter. Why? Because you're staying sustained in what can be the same thing that causes the lost to ask, what must I do to have that, to be saved? Paul and Silas stayed in the presence of God. 
God provided for my wife and I in many ways. Again, we don't know what God's going to do next. Amen, somebody. I said, we're going to have a son. We're going to have a baby. I don't know how to pay for that. I got this for 12 bucks, this blazer. I love talking about my prices of what I got stuff for. I got it for 12 bucks in Denver. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Sure, for $3. What I'm saying is you can look good and shop low. But I don't know what to do. What to do when it comes to health insurance and I'm learning and I'm praying and seeking guidance. Are you hearing me? So we're still, even though we've hit this like promised land, so to speak, at this time while we have a house, wow, we came out of living in a gutter somewhere like rodents and now we're in a home. Praise God. We, we had missionaries living with us. Our team from Chicago, they just got a little apartment, so they're living there. We still have one with us. Amen. He's quiet, though. But he's loud in the spirit. We're training people. We're having, we, we got it rough, guys. Sometimes we, we, there was meetings and conversations we're having with people like they were our own kids. So God was preparing us for teenagers, even though these people were 30. Hallelujah. <clears throat> That's a whole other message, too. God will prepare you. Amen. We see them all as children. We love them. But we're also like, we know, just like some of your parents, you got to get out. <laughs> but you know why these people, these young people were able to follow us, too? Because they witnessed what God had done in our lives. Amen. The, again, who, what would cause some people that are autonomous to us, in other words, they're not family with us, what would cause them to say, you going to Georgia? We're going, too. Because God told us to. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> we didn't call nobody with us, by the way. They just said, we have to go where you go. So what am I going to do at that point? Sorry, guys. You know, it's, it's just me and my wife. I saw their faces. I'm like, uh, okay, amen. Are you sure? <laughs> we have two girls that are from Chicago that are aiming to come in January as well to Georgia. I don't know what for, by the way. <laughs> It's not like we have a local church there. We're not pastoring a local church anymore. God called us into missionary status, by the way, for those of you that don't know. or We're, we're now missionaries, essentially, to churches and people and X, Y, Z. And I could go on with that. But we're doing all this by faith, guys. We're believing God that we can be fully staffed and have World Renegade something where we can, we're already, we have somebody on a stipend now. I, I say these things because this is living faith, like right now. What we're doing is we're not in the, Con, you know, continual green pasture of provision right now in a special supernatural way, if you get what I'm saying. In other words, we haven't made it, but we're making it by faith, and people are witnessing that, and along the way, they're coming to follow us on the journey, following us as we follow Christ. The same very thing can happen to you based on your witness. So Family Life, I want to urge you to not taint your witness. Don't taint your witness in other words, the presence that you give to God, the time you give to God with him, his, that communion moment with you and Jesus praying in the car for 30 minutes, you, you time yourself, give God 20 minutes. If you give Facebook three hours, man, you better, oh, hallelujah. It's easy to do that, amen? But our flesh is weak. We don't want to push through, but every time I've ever pushed through and sought God, God always just made me feel like, why haven't you been with me longer? And I'm like, Lord, I should have been doing this every single day. This is amazing. But you got to get past that certain moment. Some of you can't pray for 30 minutes, but I'm telling you, time yourself. 2020, time yourself. Look, say, man, that was 30 minutes. That was amazing. 
Then you go, I'm telling you guys, God will do amazing things. How did God do these things for us? How did God do things for the apostles? They stood in God's presence. They prayed together. Jesus saw prayer as very important. You can't be a good witness without prayer. You can't be a good witness to what you haven't witnessed. And if you're not willing to take the extra step and stay up, as Jesus told his disciples when they fell asleep in the garden, he said, hey, why aren't you guys up? Pray, man. This is Jesus begging people to pray. And in that same spirit, I'm urging family life. It's more than just the, Lord, we just thank you. Spend time with Jesus like he's the lover of your soul. And you're going to watch people want to know what you have. And you're going to be the type of witness that people are going to want to follow and know more about what you got. Let's stand up to our feet this Sunday. Man, I want to be a witness to the ends of the earth. But what God can do, and only God can do. Amen? I love the type of miracles where no one can say, oh, well, that's because of this. You get what I'm saying? I know some of us, too, you doubt in some different ways. You're like, well, that's just because they called somebody. Oh, that's just because they had connections. Oh, that's just because they knew somebody. And so, I mean, it wasn't really God. I love when something happens, it's like, only God can do it. And you know what only God can do? Save a dying, condemned soul. The Bible says without Christ, we're condemned already. We're born condemned. Isn't that crazy? You don't get condemned. God doesn't send you to hell. You're already born getting, you're on your way to hell from birth. The Bible says you're born condemned. But God has sent his son Jesus so that you would not be on that one-way ticket. But he's about to send you somewhere for eternity. That would be far greater than any good thing you could feel and fathom on this earth. There's nothing like Jesus. No experience, no man, no woman, no relationship, no sexual experience, no drug, no high. There is nothing that is persistently at your soul and affects you, cleanses you, genuinely brings you life like Jesus. And I want people to see that in you. I want people to see that in family life where it's like, man, nobody's perfect, but man, they really perfectly follow God. These people have witnessed something great. And only when people see your witness, they're going to be changed. Some of you are praying for, for lost people in your family, people that don't know Jesus, people that are living hopeless. Some of you are believing God for them and you're praying. Let me tell you this, don't stop praying, but also be conscientious of your witness. Because what you've seen from God, they will see when they see it in you.